up, everybody, and welcome to Shop Talk Sports, where we talk all things football, both fantasy and otherwise. Uh, my name is Eli. I'm Josh. And I'm Austin. And today we are going to talk a little bit about some quarterbacks starting off today. Um, we're going to look at Baker Mayfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick while also addressing Mitch Trubisky and Jared Goff. And we're going to look at the, the question, is Jared Goff the real deal? Or is he showing some good weeks in the beginning like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick did? Um, and now that Jameis Winston has been addressed as the starting quarterback moving forward in week six, um, is that the right move? I don't know. We're going to take a look at it. But first, let's talk about this Kansas City Chiefs versus Denver Broncos game. Um, tonight, it's been a pretty good game so far. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is currently sitting at 18 for 33. Uh, completions to attempts, 178 yards at 5.4 yards per completion, um, well below what he's been looking at before. Um, he's had one sack, a passer rating of 70. Um, Kareem Hunt has 16 carries for 108 yards, a 6.8 yards per carry average, which is uh, much, much better than anything he's been doing thus far this year. And Patrick Mahomes has one uh, rushing touchdown. Um, no receivers really stepping up for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey has uh, four receptions for 48 yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt, two receptions for 32 yards. And Tyreek Hill, six receptions for 43 yards. And then on the Denver side, we have Case Keenum, 16 completions to 24 attempts for 188 yards, 7.8 yards per completion. He has thrown an interception. Uh, he's been sacked twice, a quarterback rating of 72 point, or a passer rating of 72.9, sorry. Um, for running backs, Philip Lindsay has been showing up today. He has 11 carries for 69 yards. Royce Freeman showing up as well, eight carries for 67 yards. Uh, 6.3 yards per carry for Philip Lindsay and 8.4 yards per carry for Royce Freeman, respectively. Um, both of which have a rushing touchdown, so Denver's running game is on point tonight. Um, Receiver-wise, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both have three receptions. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders with 33 yards, Demarius Thomas with 15 yards. Um, and Patrick Mahomes had a little bit of a fluky fumble, but we'll just look over that for now. So what are you guys seeing so far in this game when you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs? I know they were uh, showing out a whole lot so far this year. They've been having uh, really high-scoring games, currently sitting with uh, 937 left in the fourth quarter with 13 points to Denver's 23. Uh, what are you guys seeing here? So, so far I've seen uh, Kansas City's defense has not looked very good. Um, their defensive line has, has done okay, but to your point, Lindsey has run the ball really, really well. Royce Freeman has also run the ball pretty well. Uh, I think a big storyline right now is how poor Demarius Thomas has looked. Um, he hasn't been able to get open, hasn't been able to make plays. So far, Kansas City's held him in check. Uh, on the offensive side, I think that uh, Denver's defensive line is exactly what it's been uh, sold to be. They are really, really good. And it's yeah. not even not even just their defensive line. I think their corners have done a good job. Even when Mahomes has had time to throw the ball, there hasn't been many people open. Uh, I say that as uh, looks like Kelsey just picked up about 15. But, yeah, but also, Denver has five pass deflections, which is, I mean, that's a solid number for a game. Um you're looking at both Bradley Chubb and Von Miller getting consistent pressure on Patrick Mahomes, which I think is no small thing uh, in not giving him time to find uh, Tyreek Hill deep down the field. Um, Austin, what about you? What are you, what are you seeing? 
Well, you know, last week we talked about Patrick Mahomes and and is this the cliff? And we talked about, you know, if if it was going to happen, that Denver had a really high chance of being the cliff. And a lot of what I talked about was the secondary. You know, Chris Harris Jr., Pat Manjo's, these guys are no joke. And, of course, you know, you guys touched on the pass rush. Um, It is serious. And so what we're seeing is Patrick Mahomes and the rest of Kansas City facing a legitimate defense. Um, you know, he just crossed 200 yards. So, you know, I, I can't say that he's having an awful day, uh, but this is definitely compared to the last three games, a much more realistic day. Um, and I think, I think as far as Mahomes goes, a lot of his game, um, uh, where he hasn't kind of over taken over the game, like he has in the first few weeks here, hasn't necessarily been his fault. He's leading a good drive right here, but yeah. Uh, to, the, to the point both of you guys have made, the corners have played well. Uh, the safeties are playing well. Defensive line is what it is. They're awesome. And uh, I think in spite of that, Mahomes has no turnovers. And I don't think you're going to have a lot of games where Denver's defense doesn't force any turnovers. So not to jinx him, but if he keeps that up here, uh, that's a little bit of a victory. Yeah, yeah but we're still hoping he gets a turnover sauce and has to pay up on that bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, even with all the pressure that Von Miller and Bradley Chubb have been getting among other people, obviously they have a handful of really talented people, uh, Shaquille Barrett included, um, uh, Damata Pecco, however you say his name, I'm not going to say it correctly. I'm not going to try, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even for all the pressure they've gotten, they only have one sack. Um, right. But one thing I will point out for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think I said this last week to look out for, um, Kareem Hunt is having a good game. Which we is what we were expecting. Which you is know, what we were expecting. Yeah. And so, you know, it's – I mean, Denver doesn't have a lot of sacks because they haven't gotten there quick enough yet. And You know, this is uh, – you know, last week we talked a lot about uh, – about Patrick Mahomes having the uh, the advantage of Tyreek Hill and just kind of throwing the ball as far as he wants to, and Tyreek Hill just kind of finding himself under it. That's what's no matter, gone this week. Yeah, and, 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 but you know this is still a Kansas City team that gets the ball out really, really fast on most snaps. Um, they run a lot of slants with Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins runs a lot of corner routes. You know, so this is this is a team that gets the ball out typically in under four seconds. So it, if you're not – which makes it hard for – and that's nothing against Denver's defense. It makes it hard for any team to be able to get back there that fast. So, uh, But, you know, it's – they're putting pressure. The hurries are in the double digits now, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's he's having to get the ball out fast. He took They took away Tyreek Hill running 50 yards downfield. Um, took away Sammy Watkins running 50 yards downfield. He's really fast too. But – but, you know, they're getting the ball out really fast, and the secondary is just doing its job, you know. So this is a Denver yeah. defense that that we see that we had in the first couple of weeks. We we sort of saw them settle in, and I think yeah. now that they're here where we kind Definitely. of expected them to be. And I think that uh, just, just before we go in and jump in on uh, our first topic for this week, after this, obviously, before we talk about our quarterbacks, um, just a quick stat for you. Sammy Watkins is currently balling out with a massive one target with zero receptions. <laughs> um, so we're uh, expecting big things happening even bigger. And, and as we speak, uh, Patrick Mahomes just threw a, a quick screen pass, looks like a tunnel screen to Travis Kelsey, who uh, took it in for about a two-yard score. So um, looking like the score is going to be 20-23 to 23 
um, barring this kicker, uh, pulling a Mason Crosby and doinking one off the upright. So, um, and it's right down the middle. So we're, we got a score of 20 to 23 as we jump in here and start talking about Baker Mayfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, let me throw some stats at you real quick. Baker Mayfield on the day, uh, had 21 completions on, tw- on 41 attempts. He has a 51.2 completion percentage for 295 yards, a 7.2 yard per completion average, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked twice with a 70.7 passer rating. Um, what'd you see from Baker this week? What do you think he is going to do moving forward? Uh, I saw uh, young talent developing. You know, we saw him, especially at the end of the game, whenever he had that uh, really big interception that that took the game into overtime. You know, that was that was a young dumb mistake. You know, we see rookie quarterbacks make those types of mistake throughout their entire first season. Um, you know, so we can. I think we can expect to see things like that again. But you know, I saw some really good things too. You know, he was able to leave the pocket. He was able to throw the ball on the run. He was able to find guys downfield and extend plays. And I, I think that, I think that this week we saw a, a really good rookie quarterback learn some stuff the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. And his arm strength is really something to, something to look at. I mean, he can, he can sling that ball, man. It's 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 yeah. it can't be fun, you know. I think back when I watch Baker Mayfield, I think back to um, when some of the wide receivers for Green Bay would talk about catching passes from Brett Favre and literally saying that they would have they would get their finger broken sometime, right? Yeah, and and or sometimes when when Brett Favre would would sling it and you know, <laughs> you know, you talk about Jarvis Landry having to turn up the jugs machine and and, and all this yeah. stuff, and you really do once you start getting a bigger sample size from. Baker Mayfield, you really can't see the uh, the zip that he puts on the ball. Josh, what do you think? What did you see from Baker this past week? Uh, well, I think you saw a young guy that is going to have to kind of take his lumps and uh, learn on the fly. Uh, I like that he's getting that opportunity because I think that's going to make him a better player. We saw that with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, and both of those guys are doing okay now. Right. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me was the 295 pass yards for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Terod Taylor started, you know, of course, the three games. Uh, you had no more than 250 yards in any game. Uh, completion percentages in two of those games were under 40%. Obviously, the Jets, where he only had 19 yards, was really Hilarious. bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, even before that, with the uh, with the Saints and the Steelers, we, you weren't looking at great games he played pretty well against the saints he threw for 246 with a touchdown and a pick 73 percent completion percentage but uh, i don't think that i think this is pretty common knowledge i don't think you find a lot of people that would argue you on this but uh baker obviously has more of an upside than you're looking at with Gerard taylor i think if you give him some time which they're obviously going to do um he's going to be the better quarterback in the long run and and honestly Looking at this Cleveland Browns team, and you guys already heard me complain earlier, I think they were robbed in this game. I think that Derek oh, Carr yeah. fumbled the ball and that Cleveland yep. should have won this game. And uh, yep. oh, it was yeah. kind of sad to see it in that way. Kind of took away the Hollywood ending for Baker Mayfield in his first start. But he played well enough to win the game. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they were fun, in a position to win. And fun fact, uh, a Cleveland Browns rookie quarterback has not won his first start for the franchise since 1999. I can't remember the quarterback who, who had done that, but since 1999, that's a really long time. All right, moving on to, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he played a half of football, 9 of 18, 50% completion percentage, 126 yards, 7 yards per completion, one interception. He was sacked twice, uh, fumbled once, zero touchdowns, and he had a 49.8 passer rating. Um, you look at those numbers, they're not good numbers, obviously. I don't think anyone is <laughs> going to pretend that they're good numbers. But it doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> but what is, is putting Jameis Winston in at that moment the right call? Because to me it feels premature. What do you guys think? Well, for me, I think I think that you were down by 30 points uh, going into the half of that game. And you didn't have a, much of a chance of winning anyway. I think that it kind of showed that Tampa Bay intends for Jameis Winston to be the starter. I think they saw an opportunity going into the half there to go ahead and get Jameis into the game, get him some live football experience that he hasn't been able to have. And... Uh, try to have him ready for next week, knowing that they didn't have much of a chance. And honestly, uh, Jameis had a, had a much better completion percentage. He threw it at 80%, uh, which is great. His numbers weren't all that great either in comparison to the, the completion percentage. He threw two picks. He did have a touchdown, threw for 145 yards. Uh, obviously, most of the, uh, really all the second half, you could call garbage time because everybody knew who was going to win the game. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think that's that's the reason you saw Jameis get in there. And uh, I'm not one to argue with the leadership of the team. So if they intend on him to be the starter going forward, the future of the franchise, then, you know, I can't really argue with why they did it. And Austin, yeah. as, as they've announced that Jameis is the starter moving forward, is that the right call? Because to me, it feels it definitely feels premature because I think, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a really solid first three games and does one bad half of football equal Jameis Winston is the is the back to being the starter of the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to you? I th I think it, I think it was a little premature um, to Josh's point. You know, it was garbage time. You know, if you do intend on Jameis Winston to be the starter uh, for most of the most of the rest of the season or even next year, you know, you do want to get him back into the game, sort of back into the groove. But but I do agree that it was a little early. However, and you guys know I have to throw this out here in the history of this show, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably the best bus pick. That we've ever <laughs> yeah, had. yeah, for sure. For sure. That could not have gone any better in my favor to blow my head up just a little bit Absolutely. more. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I, I do think that it was a little early. However, uh, I do think I do see them putting Jameis Winston as their franchise quarterback for, for whatever reason, I don't understand it, but I do think that that's what we're going to see next week and, and moving forward. Yeah. And, and I mean, they picked him. And so I, I understand their, their desire to see if he's going to pan out because let's be honest for the first two years, I haven't seen anything that screams franchise quarterback to me, but we all know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the back nine of his career. Um, so we're talking about 
uh, a fantasy bust who Austin called uh, prophetically on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's go to a guy. Is the right word. <laughs> let's go to another guy who's been a fantasy bust pretty frequently um, in his first two years as an NFL quarterback, and that's Mitchell Trubisky. Now, in his game yesterday, he had uh, 19 completions on 26 attempts for 73.1 percentage, uh, 354 yards, 13.6. Completion percentage or completion average, uh, six touchdowns. What's that? No, six touchdowns, one sack, and a one fifty four point six passer rating. Yeah, <laughs> where the where the heck did this come from? Because last time I saw, he's doing some some swing passes to the running back, and the only time he gets a fifty yard completion is when a running back makes a guy miss and goes. But if you look at it, Tampa Bay was leaving everyone wide open it's like they were covering the horizontal stuff they were like all right this college scheme that matt nagy's putting forward we're going to cover the side to side we're going to cover all the distractions and the movements but anytime they went vertical literally all mitchell trubisky had to do was throw it and the guy's just standing there waiting catches the ball goes in for a touchdown what's amazing what on earth happened well well, i think with what we saw this weekend uh as as much as Tampa Bay got outplayed on the field. They also got outcoached by the Chicago coach. Um, the The offensive coordinator for Chicago was prepared. Uh, he brought a scheme that Tampa wasn't expecting to see, and it, and it paid off for him. I think you saw Tariq Cohen play great. Um, don't know where Jordan Howard was, but Tariq Cohen played great. Um, <laughs> Jordan Howard had a bye week last week. so Yeah, and he's got another one this week. So <laughs> He's getting all the rest. Um, but I think, I think any time that your quarterback can only throw 26 passes and still hit 354 yards with six touchdowns, you can't ask for much more than that. But I think just as much of that is an indictment on the defense for allowing six touchdowns on 19 completions. Agreed. Definitely. And, and you know, I, it, last year I said it whenever he came in as the starter as well. You know, Trubisky's downfall is lack of targets. You know, he's young. He he has a lot of learning to do. Uh, he only started one season at UNC before he came into the league. So he has even more learning to do than most rookies. But lack of targets is going to be a huge thing for any quarterback, especially Mitchell Trubisky in this case. So, you know, as far as targets now, Tariq Cohen, who's the human joystick and Taylor Gabriel recent acquisition, Allen Robinson, same, same thing. Trey Burton, Burton, just starting to show his talent. Um, You know, so we're, what we see now is a group of targets where nobody's really a huge playmaker outside of Tariq Cohen. That guy's, it's crazy watching him with the ball, but, but, you know, none of these guys are huge playmakers, but all of them are really good, you know? So, so I think that that sort of showed, you know, he was at what 13.6 yards per attempt last yeah. week. That's, that's freaking crazy. So I think that Mitch Trubisky moving forward is somebody that you're not going to rely on him every week for 300 yards and, and four five, six touchdowns. But, you know, if you're one of those guys who had Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo went down, or maybe you're really banking on Ryan Fitzpatrick, for the love of God, please do not start J- Jameis Winston in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Mitchell Trubisky can be one of those options. He could definitely be a matchup guy. Uh, and really quickly, let's let's just touch on it because I don't think very much needs to be said about this guy because he is uh, for this past week he was Mr. Perfect Passer Rating. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, 26 <laughs> of 33, 78.8 completion percentage, 465 yards. 14.4 average uh, per completion, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked one time. Um, and, brother, let me tell you, he did it against a 
widely respected Minnesota defense. However, Minnesota's defense was missing Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Got it. Somebody. Um, He was some guy on defense who's supposedly pretty good. Um, He was in a hospital uh, with uh, a mental illness problem. He was uh, being examined by some people. But um, number one, Minnesota's defense didn't show up. Jared Goff did. The the ensuing uh, crime scene happened. Um, what do you what do you feel about Jared Goff moving forward? Is he the real deal, or is this another Ryan Fitzpatrick Mirage type player? Jared Goff is a guy who, if you have him on your fantasy team, start him every week. The you know Todd Gurley opens so much in the passing game for him, and it, if. I cannot stress how important it is to have a sincere, a really good running game for you to be successful as a quarterback, unless your name is Aaron Rodgers. But it, but Jared Goff is in a position where he's going to keep winning games. He's going to keep seeing those 280, 300, 320-yard games. He's going to keep seeing those three, four, five touchdown games, maybe not five, but you know what I mean. You know, He's a guy that I think if you have him on your fantasy team, you start him every week, he's the real deal. You know, I think so too. I think they also, I think with the Rams, I think you touched on most of the the, the stats and the highlights there for Jerry Goff. But I think as far as their schedule goes, from a fantasy standpoint, he has some matchups that look to be pretty favorable. I agree. Um, with the Seahawks, he's got a tough one on the 14th against the Broncos. And then he's got the, the 49ers, um, then the Packers, then the Saints. And so if you're, if you're looking for a guy that, can kind of take over your quarterback spot. I think that Jared Goff has enough tools around him to be able to be that guy. He's not going to put up the same stats that he did this week uh, on a consistent basis, most likely. But he but has fair, the weapons no one is. to show that they can do it any time. Yeah, absolutely. Evidently, he only needs Cooper Cup. Yeah, because yeah. Cooper Cup is uh, he's a he's a miracle. That maker. Todd Gurley guy is pretty good too. Yeah, okay. Let's not get carried away here. Uh, Todd Gurley's okay <laughs> at best. Um, really quick uh, before we jump on to our next topic, Kansas City is driving right now. A minute and 54 yes. seconds left. Uh, still 23 to 20, uh, but Patrick Mahomes has has really turned turned the game around for himself. Um, he's currently sitting at 304 passing yards if you remember at the beginning of the show. He was not sitting at 304 passing yards, um, and now he is. How quickly times change, moving on. Um, so we're looking at next, we're looking at some high draft fantasy players, people who you pick in the first and second round who are just really not living up their draft position, um, whether it's because of lack of targets, whether it's because they're hurt, no matter the reason, is they are not performing on your fantasy team is the bottom line. Um, who do you think is going to turn the corner of 2018, and who do you think – is going to be the 2016 Todd Gurley of, of this year. Uh, we all remember that Todd Gurley was uh, less than good in 2016. <laughs> and to be fair, literally no one on the Rams was. It's a pretty miraculous turnaround that they've had. Um, so some people that we're looking at, David Johnson uh, projected as a first-round pick, Keenan Allen an early-round pick, one through three, depending on how you prioritize things in your fantasy league. Uh, Antonio Brown is a pretty much consensus first-round pick as far as wide receivers go. Same with Odell Beckham Jr., who was coming back from an injury but still considered to be one of the best wide receivers in the game. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, first or second-round pick. Jordan Howard, first or second-round pick. None of those guys I just mentioned are at the top 15 in their position. 
and Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, both of which who have been really struggling with injuries early on, they're not even in the top 30 at their positions. So uh, having said that, who are we looking at as people who can really turn the corner in 2018 uh, out of these guys? Because all these guys are, are pretty much used up in leagues. All these guys are, are owned in leagues. For ahead, sure, and, and rightfully so. Um, I'm going with Antonio Brown. We've, we've seen what Antonio Brown can do. Uh, and, and same with a lot of these guys. I think David Johnson has, has a pretty good chance as well, depending on uh, how well Josh Rosen can play. But I'm going with Antonio Brown because I think the Steelers have to do something. And I think what they're going to do is look more towards him. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has not been as accurate as we're used to seeing him. Uh, obviously, without Le'Veon Bell, they've struggled in the running game. Uh, part of that, I think, is due to coaching. They're they're not running the ball enough to um, scare defenses at all. I agree. Um, but you, when you look at Antonio Brown so far this year, his longest catch of the season is for 27 yards, yep. uh, and that was against Tampa Bay. When you look at the rest of his games, uh, longest catch at 19, uh, 22, and 26 was actually last night against the Ravens. Um, but also you look at his total receptions. He started the season with nine uh, against the Browns, then nine again against the Chiefs. Then he had six against Tampa Bay and five against the Ravens. Um, I think they're going to see a, a pretty direct correlation between getting Antonio Brown involved and the team playing well. And I think that's what you're going to see. And uh, for the rest of this season, I expect Antonio Brown to show out. Hmm. For sure. I'm going with OBJ. Um Saquon Barkley sort of came in and and everybody knew that the volume was going to be high and we expected a lot of production, but we didn't really know that it was coming. And so now defenses know that it's coming. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to touch the ball a lot and that's going to open things up for Odell Beckham. Uh, the biggest problem is that the offensive line is trash in New York. Oh yeah, it, it is just garbage. Honestly, I was Poor considering Eli. going and trying out for him. Yeah, I think I might be able to do okay at, at about two hundred and thirty pounds. I think I could well, probably hold my own. I, I think you've got a spot there at two hundred and thirty pounds. You're not far off for size. <laughs> so it's pretty. It's pretty bad. I, my favorite thing in the world right now is that GIF of Eli getting picked up off the ground by his <laughs> offensive line and just that look of horror. Yeah. on his face but my, my favorite thing about them is you can say hey look here this is this guy and you can say wait who yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know, it's you know but the trade deadline is is a long ways off there's still some free agents to be picked up and new york has a lot of money to spend so if they know what's good for them they'll start to invest a little bit in that offensive line they'll start doing something different and I think that OBJ is going to have a really big back half of the season. Um, sure. You know, New York is a really good defensive team. We've seen it against through all four weeks so far. Uh, and the only thing that they're missing now is a passing game. And if, and if they can get OBJ involved, then I think that they're bound to win enough games to maybe see the playoffs. We'll have to see. Definitely. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Not to interrupt, but it looks like uh, Kansas City just scored. Kareem Hunt took it in from a few yards out, and now they're up 27-23 with a minute 39 to go. And that's precisely why I said I'm going to cheat a little bit. And I'm going to say Kareem Hunt is going to be my guy who I think turns around. And I know it's a little bit cheating because we're watching him play right now. But I've kind of been of the opinion, and I think I expressed this last week, that um, 
as defenses cheat more towards defending against Patrick Mahomes more than they do against uh, Kareem Hunt, I, I just can't help but imagine that that's really going to open up some running lanes. Um, draw plays are going to be even more effective. Uh, screen passes are going to be more effective. You know, I mean, there's there's just so much that you got to do to try and account for Patrick Mahomes at this point. Um, which, you know, we're kind of seeing in this game from Patrick Mahomes a kind of similar resurgence that we saw from uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick last week when he was playing against Pittsburgh, and he kind of brought his team back from uh, the jaws of defeat, and they still lost anyway, but hey, he, he helped them. Um, <laughs> jaws of defeat. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think Kareem Hunt's just going to get opportunity after opportunity moving forward just because, you know, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing well, um, as long as he has all those weapons, you know, I'm kind of taking Sammy Watkins off the list. Um, cause honestly, I literally haven't even seen him on the field tonight. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, but I, I regret including him in the, in the same breath as, uh, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill and <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Um, but yeah, I really think that, that Kareem Hunt's going to show out, uh, who's going to be the Todd Gurley, the 2016 Todd Gurley of this year though. It doesn't have to be in this list, but who's somebody that you think big household name, fantasy guy owned in every league. Uh, who's, who's not going to do it this year. Who's going to drop the ball. Um, if, if, if I was picking from this list, I'm going to have to say Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen is a guy who sees loads of targets and just still at the end of the day has zero production. And I I don't understand it. He's on my fantasy team. Uh, he was the first wide receiver that I drafted. Actually, I don't know if he was or wasn't, but anyway, uh, he was a high pick for me. And and we just have not seen the production that that we saw in the middle of last season that made everybody beg for Keenan Allen. So if I'm going to have to say that anybody is just going to not do anything for the rest of the season, it'll be Keenan Allen. Well, I'm going to go with the easy pick here, and it really could be either of these guys that are not inside the top 30 at their position right now. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Dalvin Cook is not totally healthy. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but he hasn't looked like himself so far. Well, I feel this like season, but. I feel like even with Dalvin Cook, we got such a small sample size in the first place, and everyone was really quick to crown him as the next next Adrian Peterson up there in Minnesota. But I mean, he's been hurt a lot, hasn't he? He, yeah. he has, and that leads yeah. me to the guy I'm actually going to go with, Leonard Fournette. Boy, you cheating! Oh right, man, bro. Leonard Fournette has has not only been hurt since college uh people may forget that he set out a lot with some kind of a toe turf foot injury uh that kept him sad. out for, for bowl sad. games and whole seasons and all kinds of crazy stuff uh, when we all know he was really or um, speculation seemed like uh he was waiting to get his money well now he's got his money and he's still on the bench and i, I don't think that's going to continue to go over very well in jacksonville tj yeldon has played pretty well uh, yeah. And even when Fournette has been in the game, it may it may honestly truly be this lingering hamstring issue. But on the, on the day that he was hurt, he said that he could have come back in the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. then he goes for the next two or three weeks without playing at all. Yeah. Comes in on Sunday, plays for a half or less, and removes himself again. Says it's re-aggravated and there's no timetable for my return. So, you know. Not only I don't know if we'll ever see him play great football, not not to the expectations that he had coming out of college, um, but I think for sure this season he's not going to be 
the guy that people drafted him in the first round to beat. Yeah, well, which is a shame because he was he was a really good fantasy producer last year. Yeah, he was. While he was healthy. And, yeah. and Jacksonville is a team that is on the verge of making a really deep playoff run. Yeah. You know, we, we saw them play. on the brink last year. And I think that we're there again this year. So, you know, people like Leonard Fournette, who they just keep dumping money into and they never get the production, uh, you know, I, he's not going to last long on the team. I, I, th- I treat Leonard Fournette the same way that I treat LaShawn McCoy this season. Find value in the name. See if maybe you can trade to help one of your weaker areas on your fantasy team. Totally agree. Yeah, I'm going to go real cheap as well. I'm just going to say Dalvin Cook because – I'm going to be honest, I I haven't seen anything that indicates to me he's worth a high-value fantasy pick in the first place, even though he's projected it at uh, second or third round. Um, I think some people even had him at a possible first round. Um, Yeah. But I just just have never seen um, anything really from him other than, oh, man, my leg hurts. So, um, so he's leading the league in, in, in being a star player who doesn't play. So, Cool. Um, uh, no, I think Leonard Fournette takes that crown as well. Well, that's a it's a yeah. joint it's a dual it's a joint MVP in there, um, you know because because that's that everybody gets a trophy anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're gonna move on. Uh, it's by the way, uh, Denver Kansas City is third and ten right now. Denver has the ball. They're driving. There's 22 seconds left. They are um, on Kansas City's half of the 50. Case Keenum is throwing terrible footballs that should be intercepted, but they're not. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is jumping up and down thinking, oh, yes, this is it. But his defense is just as bad as Case Keenum is throwing, and so nothing <laughs> important is happening. Um, so, If Fox doesn't hire you as a commentator, I'm going to be Listen, you know how boring. Tony Romo predicts everything that's going to happen? <laughs> I'm just that sassy friend who says everything is terrible. Uh, big throw down the sideline, overthrew Demarius Thomas. Oh my goodness, he um, was wide open. Too. He was. He was That's wide a touchdown. Open. Uh, my feelings hurt for Denver fans everywhere. Um, <laughs> my my dad. My yeah. Um, hashtag one like equals one prayer. Um, so <laughs> as we're as we're looking moving forward, we're going to go ahead and bring out the topic of tight ends as we're looking at the end of this game. Oof. Um, Everybody's getting hurt, man. All these tight ends, big names, Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert, who had a really gruesome, uh, I guess, ankle injury. It was ankle in the end, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, ankle injury. We got Rob Gronkowski. He's always kind of off and on hurt, but he's still the dominant force that, that he is. Um, you got Greg Olson, who who also was hurt for a little while, but from everything I'm hearing, he's coming back pretty soon. Um, yep. So they all have injuries of various degrees. A bunch of people have had injuries. Um are there any decent tight ends available on the market? I mean, in general, um, and given the importance of tight ends in today's NFL, is there any tight end worth trading for in fantasy? And if so, what would you gonna what would you give for one? Uh, I mean, if you have an opportunity, you know, the way that I feel about it is, as far as tight ends go, we have the big three: Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. Am I missing anybody? That's pretty much it, right? Uh, I think you're forgetting about Vance McDonald, but yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so in in a world where we currently live in, where tight end the tight end pool is just awful. It is just terrible as compared to recent years, 
And now Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert, uh, Gronkowski's even experiencing a little bit of injury. You know, these guys are just falling off like flies. So some of the guys that you should try to pick up on the waiver, if you're in a 10 or uh, or an eight or a 10 team league, some of the guys that you really do want to target is Vance McDonald would not be a bad target. Um, Austin Hooper, uh, maybe even Charles Clay. I know that he doesn't have anybody throwing the ball back there, but, but he is a guy who had some production, uh, you know, but would I trade if, if the trade involves Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey? Sure. And I would probably give up Leonard Fournette. You know, the, (laughs) the, the, it's, tight ends have always been hit or miss and everybody knows that you know there some weeks they may have 20 some weeks they may have 0.20 but i don't know outside of travis kelsey or zachers that there are any other tight ends that that i would try to trade up for you know what i mean um but i think at this point in the season it's it's still early you still got guys who have possibilities of coming back like greg olson uh rob gronkowski Tyler Eifert, unfortunately, is not coming back. you got to keep that kind of thoughts. That was a really nasty injury. But um, I, I think that we're at a point now where you pretty much just have to play the matchups. Yeah. Well, I think I – I don't know as far as trades because uh, the tight end position is so inconsistent. Now, I, I agree. you got Gronk. you got Kelsey. But really, really outside of that, you know, I, I like Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota. Um, he's got 18 receptions this year for 188 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and I think he's played really well. I think uh, he's on a good Minnesota team. But, you know, even with that, I'm not sure I would trade for him. Um, right. sure. You know, maybe if the trade is right, but I'm not sure just off the top of my head who you'd want to give for him. Not, probably not one of your starters. Um so, you know, as far as waiver wire guys, because with, with all the injuries, if you owned one of these injured uh, tight ends, you're probably looking on the waiver wire right now. Um, right. And, and as I looked through mine and the leagues that I'm in, really the, the best that stood out to me um, is probably Austin Hooper. Um, he, he's been kind of underutilized so far this year in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta has a ton of weapons. I think everybody knows that. Um, but for this week, if Austin Hooper is available on your waivers and you you're at the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the barrel in your tight end pool, uh, I think he may be a good play. They like him in the red zone. Most of his targets are in the red zone. Uh, Pittsburgh's pass defense has been awful this year, and that's who they're they're going against this weekend. Um, with the emergence of Calvin Ridley to an offense that already had Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu, this may be a good opportunity for Hooper to score some points because he'll be the guy who's open. Yeah, right. Uh, but with that said, he's going to be touchdown dependent. Most likely you're not, he's probably not going to get more than two or three targets. So yeah, if, if he gets you some points, it's probably going to be because he scores. Yeah. And I, I agree. I mean, different people get, get desperate on different, things you know i mean i don't really know many people who hoard tight ends in their uh <laughs> in their fantasy team um although it may be a, a sick strategy 
Uh, I'll try it out next year on my on my one man fantasy team or one man. You fantasy keep losing league. games. You may be able to try out this year. I, I've only lost uh, half my games, so I don't. Did know you what not? You're talking about. Did you? Did you not lose? Oh, I thought no, you I lost won. This I week. won this week. I'm good a, for you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you from all the way up here on the on the winners side of things, uh, where the wins actually mean something to us. Um, uh, the the you've gone you've grown fat on your victories. Um, uh, and outside fat. of your victories, <laughs> I, I, I grew fat after graduating. Honestly, so. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, obviously, the tight end in the NFL is much more important than the tight end is is in fantasy. Um, I just can't imagine giving up a whole lot. I I, I think because in the beginning of the year, I had Greg Olson. Um, Oof. And, you know, it's good because Greg Olson is pretty much guaranteed to score points because who else is Cam Newton going to throw the ball to? The answer is the defense because he throws a lot of (laughs) interceptions. But but I went and picked up Eric Ebron to replace – uh, him and and Eric Ebron's been totally fine. I mean he he's he's fine. And so Don't I think you also have George Kittle on your yeah I do I do I, but hey, I never Kittle played had a him. great game. Yes he did. I thought about trying him in the slot this week, but I, instead I tried Mike Williams, which was just I, uh, it's tough operating with mental handicaps sometimes. <laughs> and Mike Williams should have had a good game. <laughs> that was not a bad he play. He should have, but I it agree. didn't work out. Yeah. I agree. Um, but anyway, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to dwell on this. No, I would not trade for a tight end in fantasy. I mean, you're looking at maybe trading for Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's a he's a superstar, an um, elite machine. But if you if you have available in your league, or you have a surplus of guys, maybe one of your bench players starts showing up a whole lot, and you can trade for a guy like. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Austin Hooper, you know, some of these guys who are kind of just matchup people. Um, and then depending as the year goes, maybe they turn into like definite tight end number ones on your team. Then maybe, but, <laughs> but let's Still be no. honest, but let's be honest. You're not really looking seriously at doing a whole lot. Um, but before we move on, uh, unless anybody else else has anything to say on that. Nope. Um, yeah, no one wants to talk about tight ends. They're not sexy enough. Nope. So uh, <laughs> we're looking at the final score, Denver versus Kansas City, since this will be up not tonight when the game ends. It will be up at another time. Most everyone knows Kansas City is one, 27-23. Patrick Mahomes valiantly leads his team in a comeback. Uh, 28-45, 304 yards, 6.8 yards per completion. Uh, one touchdown, took one sack, pass a rating of 89.5. Um, Kareem Hunt, 19 carries, 121 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, one touchdown, uh, 45-yard carry, his longest carry. As I said, you know, a solid 90% of the game, Denver bottled up Patrick Mahomes, but then in the end, they, uh, how do you say, dropped the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll quit now. Um, but yeah, so it was a it was it was a pretty good game, fun game to watch. Denver couldn't pull it out. I blame Case Keenum because he's bad. Always, um, <laughs> Case Keenum is just not very good. If you have Case Keenum on your fantasy team, um, please don't. Stop Sorry for your loss. <laughs> if you have Case Keenum on your fantasy team, just don't, just don't do that. Stop yeah, it. Just you, go ahead and give up your year. Yeah, I mean, 
you, one can only be so so lucky uh, as to have a guy like Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so drafted, drafted. Yeah, whatever. I, I just I don't want to hear it anymore. So <laughs> let's uh, let's let's switch gears here really quick. And and I know we talked a little bit about fantasy so far, but let's really uh, kind of hone in on a little bit of fantasy. Um, let's do, let's do a new segment. Let's do something called quick hitters. And that's where each of us is going to get two minutes to pick five people who are going to have an impact on a fantasy team. And these are people who are typically owned, maybe not heavily owned, um, but they can have a positive or negative impact. Um, so someone that you either recommend benching or someone who is an absolute must start or someone who will impact their team in some way, but let's try and look at it from a fantasy perspective. Um, Austin, let's start with you. Uh, you got two minutes. Give us your five people in three, two, one, and go. Pick number one, Sterling Shepard. 24 catches on the year, 229 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, negative for OBJ, but positive for all of New York. Definitely positive for Eli Manning. St- Sterling Shepard last year had a problem with dropping passes, and it seems this year that he has overcome that. So if you have Sterling Shepard – or if he's on the waiver, hopefully he's not, or else what is your league doing? But if you have Sterling Shepard, look at look at starting him. He's a, he's a really good option. Number two, Josh Gordon. Played his first game in New England with Tom Brady, who he has a locker right next to. I think they planned that to keep him off the drugs, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but two catches, 32 yards, sort of a subpar game for Josh Gordon, but he's also still learning the offense. It's really positive for Brady and the running back committee that they have in New England for them to have a legitimate pass-catching option. Josh Gordon, I don't know going forward if he's somebody that you want to start soon, but over the next two three weeks, keep an eye on him, see what happens. He very well has potential to be a really good flex option or maybe a wide receiver too. Number three, carry on Johnson. Week three, 110 yards from scrimmage. Week four, 55 yards and a touchdown. Two really good back-to-back weeks. He's sort of establishing himself as the dominant running back. Right now, he's averaging more than five yards per carry. He's still sharing the ball with LeGarrette Blunt. That's kind of the problem with on Johnson. But as he moves forward, eventually, if coaching in Detroit has any kind of idea what they're doing, they're going to see this guy's the real deal. They're going to start starting him. They're going to start leading him the snap count. He's a really good pass-catching option. Look for him to make his stamp in Detroit and start starting him. Amari Cooper, what are you doing? Why Why <laughs> can you have two points in, in one week and 25 in another? What are you doing? Give me a little consistency, please, for the love of heaven. I, I The Cooper is the curse, all right? I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Anybody who's starting Amari Cooper right now wakes up every morning <laughs> like expecting to stub their toe. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrible. Leonard Fournette, why can you not stay healthy? Why <laughs> why are you trash? Why are you on the bench? Right, okay. What is happening? All right, all right, those are my five. Those are your those five. Are five. All right, it was our first time doing it, so I'm going to give you a pass on going 30 seconds over. Uh, <laughs> and but I'll I'll be honest, a solid 20 seconds of that was just you yelling at players who have no idea who you are. Um, I want you to know that that's what this segment is for me. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I look forward to it every week then, so hopefully we get to do it every week. Um, uh, all, all right, right. Hold, so, up, hold, so, up, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to get the timer treatment too, my man. You don't, okay, you don't get right. a free pass. All right, you ready? Three, two, one, 
go. All right. So I probably won't even need the whole two minutes because my guys are, are pretty easy starts, in my opinion. You got Andy Dalton against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, if Andy Dalton is on waivers, pick him up. If you've got him on your bench, start him. He's averaging 300 yards a game, uh, 11 touchdowns through four games, going against a Miami defense that just allowed a whole lot to the Patriots. Yeah, Dalton may have a pick, may have two picks, but I think he's going to throw for a whole lot of yards. Uh, I think he's a solid start. Uh, next, you got Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he just ran for 130 yards against the LA Chargers on 20 carries. Mm. Uh, Marshawn is the truth. He's still beast mode. He's still got it. Uh, Oakland may not have it, but Marshawn does have it. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> um, so I would definitely uh, start him. He's going to continue to thrive. Uh, the next guy is probably still on waivers in your league. If you're listening, pick him up before it's too late. Naheem Hines uh, mm. for the Indianapolis Love Colts. Him. This is really specifically in PPR leagues. Uh, because he's not a traditional running back. Uh, but we've seen these guys with uh, Tyreek Hill and Tariq Cohen and, the, and these guys who just thrive in space. Uh, Naheem had nine catches for 63 yards and two touchdowns this weekend. Uh, I think he's kind of taken advantage of the fact that uh, Marlon Mack was out. Uh, but now, you know, if you're in Indianapolis, you got to give him the ball. So I expect that to continue. I think he's a great start. Uh, next, whoever San Francisco puts in the backfield, against Arizona. <laughs> I don't care who it is. If, if, if Matt Breda is healthy enough to go, start him. If not, start whoever they start. Uh, <laughs> Arizona is ranked 31st in rush yards allowed per game. They're allowing 142 rush yards per game. Um, is that a yeah, lot? If you're keeping count at home, that's not good. Um, I think San Francisco, even without Jimmy G, is going to have a pretty good team. And they're going to do just fine. I think whoever they have will play well against Arizona. Next, you got Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had a great game this week. Uh, this is kind of a it may go well, it may it may bust. We'll wait and see. He had a great game this past week. Uh, if Bill Belichick continues to utilize him, Sony Michelle has the skills, and I think that he'll be uh, very useful to your fantasy team. Beautiful. All right, so I'll give you a pass because it's our first time doing it. But you went twenty seconds over. So my goal is to do two minutes and 10 seconds and we will have decreased by 10 seconds every time. So by the time we get to the next time we do it, we'll have it on two minutes. Exactly. All right, the less my... Eli talks, the happier I think I'll be. That hurts my feelings, but boom. three, two, one, go. Bada boom. <laughs> I got I to gotta get my timer ready, which is a little bit cheating. Cause I get to look at my timer, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a plow through this thing anyway. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right, my first guy is going to be a good pickup for your fantasy team. He should be available. I know he's available in our league. His name is Vance McDonald. He's going against Atlanta. Their defense is totally decimated. On the year, he has 12 receptions for 200 yards, a 16.7 yards per catch average, and he has one touchdown, the one where he bit that nasty stiff arm, slammed that guy right into the ground. It was the best day of my life. Um, he's a great <laughs> pickup, good guy, good teammate. He's a handsome guy. Pick him up. Whatever. All right, yeah, bad. Beautiful. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's just bad this year. I am really unimpressed with him. Um, he's going against Houston, who has a ninth-ranked defense. I think Dak has proven that he can't carry a team by himself this year. Whenever Ezekiel Elliott is having trouble, uh, Dak can't pick up the slack. He has a 61% completion percentage, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 753 yards. Um, 
nothing he shows me proves that he can do it. So I'm just going to continue. Hashtag not blessed. Hashtag sad boy for life. Uh, Another guy I'm looking at is Cortland Sutton. He played tonight. He had a pretty good game. Don't know his exact stats, but I know I saw his name a whole lot. On the year, he has five receptions for 91 yards, 18.2 yards per completion, showing that he's a big play threat. Now, the Jets have a decent defense, but he's not going to be a focus. I think they're going to really look at uh, shutting down Demarius Thomas. I think Phillip Lindsay's been having a good game uh, lately. Um and Royce Freeman's also been having some good games. So I think Cortland Sutton's probably not going to be a super big focal point, which I think is going to really open him up to some big plays. Uh, bad Michael Crabtree. Um, really, I could just say bad. And I think that <laughs> covers it. Uh, Cleveland has a pretty solid defense. I've been enjoying watching Cleveland's defense this year. I think they're fun to watch. I think they're uh, flying around. I think they're hungry for some wins. I think they're hungry to prove to people that they're not the laughing stock of the league anymore. Crabtree on the year, 18 receptions, 184 yards, 10.2 average, one touchdown. Um Expect him to keep sucking. All right, Will Fuller. He's playing against <laughs> Dallas. Dallas has a pretty good team, but Will Fuller has one touchdown every single game this year. 17 receptions, 263 yards, 15.5 average, three touchdowns on the year in three games. He is a he's a baller. He's doing big things to Sean Watson, throwing him the ball. He's gonna get another touchdown at least, and I bet 75 yards, two minutes done. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I am average at best. All right. So now that we've looked at some quick hitters, we've looked at some people who are pretty good. Um, let's get into the side of the side of the show where we talk about the people who are going to make the real impacts. This is where I shine. Okay, this is it. I think this both of it. us shined. I think Josh just needs a little redemption after picking uh, <laughs> picking old boy to to do real bad, and then he did real good. Josh so needs maybe, a maybe I can maybe I can only pick players who are going to do really well. <laughs> maybe. And so you can take that for what it's worth because my boom was Giovanni Bernard last week. He scored, goes out there, scores two touchdowns, has a great game. Uh, just our bust at Kirk Cousins uh, didn't exactly hit on that one. And credit to Kirk Cousins. Had a great game. And shame on you, Rams defense. You looked like trash all day. Absolutely. Worst bust pick of all time. Well, I think it's because Kirk knew that Josh said something, so he really wanted to prove him yeah. wrong. He took it kind of personally, but uh, we talked it out, me and Kirk are cool. Yeah, all right. So, so now it's know. time. I got to point this out. Josh and Kirk Cousins look a lot alike. Think we're kind of, we're related. Uh, Not closely, but it's there. Uh, uh. I don't know. But having thought about that for a solid half a second and then losing any any desire to continue <laughs> thinking about it, it is time for Boom or Bust. Austin, we're going to start with you. Who is your boom this week? My boom for the week is Chris Thompson versus New Orleans at New Orleans. The Saints are currently allowing 80 yards a game rushing, uh, three touchdowns on the season. They're allowing an average of 311 pass yards a game. <clears throat> and Chris Thompson plays really well on the road uh, this year and last. Of course, he's only had one road game this year. But last year, five touchdowns in five games on the road. This year, one touchdown in one game on the road. Chris Thompson thrives uh, anywhere where he is being booed as he enters the end zone. Um, he only has one touchdown on the year so far, and it was through the air. Uh, earlier, Eli brought up a really good point uh, about Chris Thompson and the Redskins playing from behind against New Orleans. Uh, good thing for Chris Thompson. He's their pass catching back. 
So he's my boom. Uh, if you have him on your bench, definitely start him this week if you need a little bit of help at running back. My bust on the week, Jarvis Landry versus Baltimore. Baltimore has four picks, 10 sacks on the year, only allowing 16 points per game. Let's think about that real quick. The last time we saw a Baltimore defense as good as they currently are, we saw them in the Super Bowl. Not saying that they're going to find themselves in the Super Bowl this year, but that's the type of defense that we're seeing as of right now, they only gave up one touchdown to Ben Roethlisberger in week four and contained Antonio Brown to having that only touchdown. Of course, with Antonio Brown, you can only contain him. But in week three, no touchdowns to Case Keenum. Case Keenum's trash. So, trash. But, but they held Demarius Thomas, held Emmanuel Sanders, both to under 60 yards receiving. That says a little something. In week two, they gave up four touchdowns to Andy Dalton, but that was kind of <laughs> a weird game. And in week one, they shut down Nathan Peterman so bad that they started Josh Allen, and neither one of them had more than 60 yards passing. So we're looking at a secondary that's really good that hones in on these big-time receivers like Jarvis Landry. And I don't think that this is a week where you see Jarvis Landry seeing the volume that he's been seeing. I think that you see Cleveland use a little bit more Duke Johnson. I think that you see him run the ball a lot more because teams have had success against Baltimore running the ball. So I don't think that Jarvis Landry is a good start option this week if you have other options on your bench for receiving. Right, Quick stat on Baltimore. First. They haven't allowed a second half touchdown one time this season. Mm. Wow, that's impressive. That's a heck of a stat. Um, I think that's going to change. Honestly, I think uh, it may not be Jarvis Landry that does it, but I think Baker Mayfield is 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 going to eh, – he might throw one <laughs> touchdown. Looking at Antonio Callaway there. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Antonio Callaway needs to make up for his, his game this past week because he was – Yeah, got some un- work to do. Ungood? Is that is that good enough? We used to just he- call that bad. All right, I got Calvin Ridley as my boom for the week. He's got five touchdowns in the last two games. Uh, Versus New Orleans, he had almost 150 yards receiving. He's averaging 25.8 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. Um, This week he's going against a Pittsburgh defense that's ranked 29th in pass yards allowed per game. I expect Ridley to have continued success, especially in red zone situations. Uh, we've watched Pittsburgh's defense the last few weeks. They have a an okay defensive front, but their corners are really, really struggling, so much to the point that whenever they played, uh, I guess yesterday, Sunday, um, they wouldn't allow Pittsburgh's, you know, Pittsburgh's coaches wouldn't allow them to play man-to-man on the edge, and it was allowing Baltimore to hit tight end on every play. Uh, guys were open on every play because of the type of zone that P- that Pittsburgh was having to play. I don't think you're going to be able to do that successfully against the Falcons, and I think that's going to lead to Calvin Ridley having a great game for you and your fantasy team. Uh, my bust, Marvin Jones. So the Detroit Lions have been kind of up and down so far this season under new head coach Matt Patricia. I think he's going to figure it out, and they're going to be just fine. But Marvin Jones specifically has seen his role diminish within the Detroit offense this season Uh, with the rise of Kenny Galladay and Golden Tate both playing really, really well. uh, I I don't think that Marvin Jones is going to have a great game this weekend. Okay. I agree with that. As a Green Bay fan, Marvin Jones should just stay home. Um, (laughs) All right. So my boom of the week is – 
you know, he's not playing great this year so far, but I think he's going to have a good game, mainly because he's playing against Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota. On the year, he is uh, 66.2 completion percentage. Uh, he's only got 547 yards, but he was out for a game. Um, two touchdowns, three interceptions, one fumble. He does have 112 rushing yards uh, at a 5.6 clip for average. Um you know, let's let's just put all the cards on the table. Buffalo's bad. Buffalo's real bad. Um, and so Buffalo's real bad. Yeah, I agree with that. I know it's controversial. I know it's a hot take, but just yeah. just just bear with me on this one. Um, Marcus Mariota has a lot of a lot of skills, and and I'm I'm the guy who looks at Marcus Mariota, and I think, why is this guy not? bigger like why is he not a more a more prominent name in the, in the quarterback conversation um I like him a whole lot but but you look at this Buffalo defense and they're ranked in the bottom half of the league in everything other than rushing yards and Marcus Mariota even though he has 112 rushing yards he's not going to be running the ball that much unless he's pushed out of the pocket I expect him to to tear this Buffalo defense up um and there's not much more to it other than the fact that Buffalo's bad. I went safe with the pick this week because I want to start off strong and have two solid boom picks in a row. Um, David Johnson last week did pretty good, so I'm I'm just trying to ride that wave and and keep not sucking. Um, my my bus this my bus this week is going to be uh, Pittsburgh, uh, just in general as a city. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. disagree on that point. I'm just kidding. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh one time with my uncle to go see a Pirates game, and I thought I was going to die, uh, <laughs> mainly because I was a child and I was scared of everything, but that's beside the point. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is real bad, too. Uh, they're 25th in the league in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed, 29th in pass defense, and 23rd in run defense. If you're not keeping up or did not pay attention to math, all of those things are very bad when there's only 32 teams to compare yourself to. Well, really, Math thirty-one teams. Let's be honest; they're they're not going to get much better. I don't think. I, I don't think this defense is one that uh, kind of shows itself as a um, formidable unit. I don't think that they are particularly uh, fearsome. I don't. I don't think anyone looks at their schedule and says, "I don't want to play this defense at this point in time." Um, <laughs> so we're looking at them playing against an Atlanta offense. Someone mentioned Calvin Ridley earlier. Um, he's going to show up. I. I. You can take it to the bank. I promise every single person that listens to this, eight billion dollars. <laughs> if Julio Jones doesn't get a touchdown, I think this is the week he breaks it. He's got to get a touchdown this week because Pittsburgh can double, triple, quadruple cover him. They're all it's it's gonna be like a high school boy playing with some some third graders. And I think Julio Jones is gonna sun every single person on that Pittsburgh defense. Son. Um Yeah, and, and like I said, half of that is to do with Atlanta and their offense is good, but Pittsburgh's defense is just not living up to the task. Um we'll offer up a prayer for them as they go into a, a not favorable situation this week. Um Anybody have any final thoughts? Anything you're thinking about as we wrap up this episode of Shop Talk Sports? Anything? Anything you want to throw at, throw in the fire? Uh, I don't think so. The Falcons aren't going to the playoffs, <laughs> and the Browns are. 
<laughs> yep. That's it. That's what we're going with. And we'll talk about it another yep. time. Thanks so much for joining us over here at Shop Talk Sports. We appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we can't wait to catch you next time when we talk about how the Falcons are not making the playoffs and the Browns and are. the Browns are. It's going to be a magical <laughs> time of whimsical banter. And I'm going to hate both of these guys by the end of it. Thanks so much for stopping by. My name's Eli. I'm Josh. And I'm Austin. We'll catch you next time.